Hey everybody. It's been a week full of a constant barrage of news, but we hope you're all doing well. This is a video game podcast, but as we always try to impart onto our listeners each week, we need to exist in spaces outside of just games. That connection and love for our fellow human beings should matter more than any excitement for a AAA title or list of console specs. Any energy spent on outing problematic groups or racist behaviors in the gaming space should also go towards uplifting marginalized creators and their community's successes. And I mean more than just month-long events and shoutouts. There is no separation of politics and games. So many of us have been screaming this from the rooftops only to be met with resistance and ridicule, a tactic as old as time in suppressing marginalized voices. It's imperative that we continue to lift up the voices of black people not just with the retweet, but to challenge our own biases and respond accordingly when we're called out. Seeing white colleagues and friends be performatively engaged enough just to later get an Oscar-winning white savior flick about them is never going to cut it. That might fool dinner guests and folks in suburbia, but we know the truth. For our non-black POC and white listeners, please understand that it is on us to use our privilege to combat white supremacy in all of its sinister and constantly evolving forms. That means having uncomfortable conversations with family or friends who harbor hateful attitudes and stomping that out. I know it's easier for some folks out there, but it's imperative that we check that when we can. But more importantly, divert that energy towards things you can be helping with right now. Listen and amplify responsibly the voices of everyone who is speaking out. This is our time to affect change no matter how small or big. We need to be involved. We can't expect someone else to do the work anymore. It's up to our own community to continue welcoming more people into the mix, denouncing hatred, and listening. Making sure that we have the ability and humility to take constructive criticism of how we can be doing better, do more, and consider things from a new perspective. Don't settle for crumbs. Demand more from this space that we love so much, and when they don't budge, keep pushing. Don't fall into thinking that games don't impact the world because we see how much revenue they generate and how the tactics among toxic communities goes on to dictate how hate groups can live beyond this space. For members of the media and people at game companies, we need actual change. We need more people in the room in leadership positions, but we also need you to take a stance. And so far, I'm expecting a lot more in regards to who you celebrate, boost, and choose to ignore. For those listening... If you can, please consider donating to organizations fighting to dismantle this racist, systemic structure. Remember the names of the people whose lives these monsters have needlessly taken from us. Remember this moment, and do your part. I'll be including a list of charities and organizations that you can help in our newsletter. Please help if you can. But more than anything, please be kind to one another and do what you can. Be safe, and stay vigilant. Welcome to the Optional Podcast, episode 210 for the week of June 1st, 2020. The Optional Podcast is a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment recorded each week from New York City and bounced around cables and satellites all around the world and right into your listening device of choice. As always, I'm Paul Tamayo and I'm here with my co-host, Cam Brewster. Yeah, we're like live in space. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah, we're <laughs> on the moon. Dumbass spaceship. Are they going to the moon? Where are they going? Where are I have those no spaceship idea. people going? 
They, they want to go to Mars one second, then they want to go to the moon. I don't know what the hell's going on. Actually, kind of loosely ties into, uh, I've been watching that show, Space Force. Uh, oh, is that any good? It's pretty wild. Um, maybe I'll talk about it today a little bit during feeling it. Who knows? Maybe it'll be a mini feeling it. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, before we jump into everything, uh, we've got a long overdue guest on the show. Seriously. Uh, one of the folks that believed in the vision Yes. For for so long, <laughs> even before anybody was like really rocking with us, when we still had like ten listeners from the Annapurna Interactive team, we have Jeff Legaspi here for joining us. Thank you so much, man. Yo, yeah, definitely excited to chat with y'all. <laughs> Hell yeah, man! Yo, <laughs> you gotta get your Arsenio on for Jeff. <laughs> man, you brought him back, <laughs> kids. Ask your parents about Arsenio Hall. Um, yeah, no. So Jeff, man, uh, thank you so much for being here. You have uh, shown us love way earlier on, before honestly, we probably even deserved it. But uh, <laughs> yeah, um, you uh, you work for Annapurna Interactive. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Yeah. So. Um, we're a really small publishing team. Um, there's 11 of us, and uh, everybody does a little bit of everything. I guess I'm probably the most specified in that like, I run our social, I run our marketing stuff, um, events. I end up like doing release management, so pushing all the, the fun stuff off onto the storefront and making sure that we're, we're cleared to go for you know consoles and Steam and, and mobile so nice like i said it's 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 a lot of different things and we have a lot of different projects so that's why everybody pitches in yeah for sure for sure and i mean uh quite a track record that annapurna has i mean some of our own favorite games have been from y'all so like uh you know we we talked to you know the um uh what's the the uh director of edith finch we talked, I yeah, mean, yeah. I love Sayonara Wild Hearts. I, I mean, yeah. Outer Wilds, I could talk yeah, about yeah. for hours. So y'all have had <laughs> an immaculate track record. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, tell us a little bit also about, I, I, we met when you were still at, um, where? Sony? Sony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, was at, I was at Santa Monica Studio. Right, right, um, right. That's awesome, Yeah, so, yeah, I was uh, I was doing community management for the external development team over there, so that squad put out all of the kind of indie first party titles for for PlayStation um, during the PS3 and PS4 days, and I came in there like start of 2015 uh, and ran through there until mid 2016. Um, saw a couple of titles. Um, Y'all showed love for for Bound. Yeah, I was just gonna say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just gonna um, say. I saw it at an IndieCade East here in Queens, yeah. and I remember like reaching out to talk to the developer. This is way back when we were before the podcast. So you you actually like rocked us before the podcast, <laughs> which is yeah, wild. Yeah. Uh, when we were just a tiny little medium blog. Um, yeah, and I interviewed the 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 game director there as well. And uh, yeah, man, so you've been with us for a minute, bro. You're like you're optional. You know, you connected, bro. You're from from way back. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I rock I rock the sticker on my my big piece hey. of luggage. <laughs> nice. Appreciate <laughs> you, man. Appreciate you. Um, all right, cool, man. So uh, yeah, let's um you know we'll we'll talk some video games as we move forward. But uh, yeah, um, let's just jump right into what we've been playing, man. Uh, Jeff, uh, why don't we kick it off with you since you are our esteemed guest? Yeah, um, it's been a slow burn through my my backlog. Um, I'm pretty notorious in terms of completing stuff because I always get sidetracked with my 
my my BS in that it's FIFA, <laughs> but uh, I'm getting through Jedi Fallen Order right now. Um, I think I'm like 30, 40% of the way through. Nice. Um, I just uh, unlocked the Scomp Link, Link stuff, so um, there's a bunch of like all of those loot boxes that I got to go back and like open up and see what's in there. Mm. Um, yeah, playing FIFA. Um, I'm currently, currently doing Weekend League right now, so getting my competitive mode on. Wait, so um, what does that entail? So weekend leagues, like they're kind of esports qualifier. Um, you can take it super seriously, and that's like the stepping stone into folks that play it uh, on the esports level. Or you can just play it for the sake of playing it, since the in-game rewards are pretty good. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I'm just trying to grind out some some solid rewards. Um, and then. Uh, my quarantine game of choice that I've been playing pretty much almost daily has been football manager <laughs> just because like, it's something that I can like have open on my second, second monitor mm. and like passively click on stuff while I'm, you know, banging out emails or uploading assets and, and uh, just grinding yeah, away. You're like a huge sports fan. Like how's it been in quarantine when yeah. you, you can't do any of that stuff? It's been crazy. Um, <laughs> the wild thing was like maybe a week week and a half before LA went into full lockdown, like at the start of March, um, my wife and I went over to um, an LAFC soccer game, some through season ticket holders. Um, mm. But in the back of our mind, we were always thinking about like, yo, what if somebody in the crowd is sick and like that becomes like mm. patient zero for like, you know, everybody that was at the stadium. Yeah. Thankfully nothing happened, but like, kind of related to that i also think it was crazy that we were at pax like at the end of february yeah. Yeah. exhibiting just because like stuff was going down and uh in hindsight it's wild that there were still things happening with you know a large amount of people and, and crowds um mm-hmm. but thankfully a good chunk of folks came out of it um relatively uh scot-free yeah yeah i think i guess um Beyond that, how has the uh, quarantine and lockdown affected, you know, your day to day as a whole? It's been it's been pretty good, uh, to be honest. Um, I uh, I had been kind of queuing up, setting up a a computer desk um, in our second bedroom as like a kind of dedicated streaming station, but I co opted that into being my workstation, hmm. um, so I, I didn't have to you know go through the whole process of trying to find like furniture and like another monitor like a couple of weeks into quarantine happening um, right i caught a break trying to pick some stuff up before that um i think the biggest thing is just it's hard to delineate when work and when regular life mm. kind of separate yeah um so i've tried to keep to a pretty strict schedule where like you know if my wife is working she's a nurse um she gets up at like five thirty and heads out around six. So, you know, she'll, she'll do her thing and then I'll, I'll take our dog out. I'll do like, you know, try and do everyday stuff, work out and then try and start my work day around like nine thirty ten, 10 and then just try and keep focused until five or six. And then like, make sure that I put a hard stop to what I'm doing around then. Um, Cause again, like it's super easy to fall into the trap of, trying to reply to someone's email or a mm-hmm. slack message um 
especially since like there isn't that hard kind of boundary of like oh i'm not in the office right i don't need I don't to, have apply to clock to. out or exactly <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah it's been it's also been wild um just because i've seen people around in my neighborhood not you know adhering to the mask guidelines that we have in the city of la um when i go out for my my walks and my runs um knuckleheads that's what I'll yeah say. man <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's like that over here too like in, in the boroughs like you see people like really you know gloved up masked up and yeah and there's other people that are just like fuck it like i don't yeah. give a shit about that stuff and I, I think that's most frustrating for me especially since i still have to go to work like um uh, and i have to like take public transportation and stuff like like, how are you on here without a mask on? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. I don't understand why you would do that to yourself. Like, uh, man. but yeah, no, that, that that is such an interesting time we're in. Yeah, for sure. Also, salute to your wife, by the way. Thank her for you know all her hard work and stuff out there. Um, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it's 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 interesting. Like the kind of times we live in, especially with the past week that we've had. Um, you know, in pretty much every city across the country, it's hard to. You know, not factor that in when you're talking about how much time you're spending in at home and, you know, how much time you're spending. I mean, personally speaking, how much time I am spending at my desk, at my work desk and on my phone, on Twitter constantly. And um, those lines really do get blurred of, uh, you know, when it's appropriate to do work, when it's necessary to do work, when it's necessary to step away. Um, And it has absolutely in some ways... Uh, in some real ways, like slowed down my productivity in ways that I wasn't anticipating. At first on paper, I was like, oh, I could just stay home. That's dope. Like, you know, I can just, mm-hmm. I don't have to really go out there. I have everything I need. But um, yeah, especially as of late, it's been tough to, you know, establish those boundaries and also, mm-hmm. you know, um, try to be realistic about, you know, what you can do for yourself, what you can do for others. Um you know, especially during the pandemic. But yeah, man, wild times that we live in. But uh, I'm glad to hear that Football Manager 20 is uh, at least helping you manage more things on top of the, <laughs> the numerous <laughs> things you already manage, apparently. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, yeah. a, I'm a sucker for uh, for sims and management, so yeah. power to me. <laughs> you know what? The, I have like a theory. Well, not a theory. I should say a, a hypothesis. I have a hard time saying that word. Um, that... Uh, these kinds of games, especially in my own life, I find comfort in because it lets me control and manage a thing that I can see immediate results with. That's why Animal Crossing sucked up so much of my own time. Um, seeing that progress happen almost immediately is kind of gratifying. It's very gratifying, especially now when I can't you know, go out and do a thing and see my friends or even my colleagues or whatever. It's It's been, yeah... It's so I've actually been considering getting into some sort of sim, another sim game. Uh, some yeah. folks have even like suggested one of those like Euro Truck simulators. Yo, um, yeah, let me good. let me tell you, uh, t- talk to you about American Truck Simulator because I have been on that wave since day one. Oh, where put uh, me on? Yeah, no, um, like low key, it's been like one of my guilty pleasures because. Um, there is something super, super therapeutic about driving a a freight hauler of you know whatever it is um, down all of these kind of freeways and back roads, 
Um, and it's all about like getting from point A to point B. Um, it's like I, I kind of make a comparison to like, you know, what folks loved about the whole delivery aspect of Death Stranding. It's just that. It's solely that. Um, I mean, there's a little bit of, you know, building up your own kind of truck company, but that's kind of secondary to the whole process of you are a truck driver and your goal is to get from one destina- from from one point to your destination. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I always try and tell people, like, if you're looking for something that's kind of zen um, yeah. and might be up your alley, like American Truck Simulator, 100%. Oh, God. Jeff, are, are you still playing uh, Farming Simulator or...? No, I, I downloaded it when it was um, part of the, the PS Plus titles, but it's it's just sitting in my backlog. Um, yeah. I'm a little afraid to actually boot that up because I don't need to add another kind of sim <laughs> slash management game into Do my it. rotation. Do it, you coward. <laughs> um, yeah, actually, I, I downloaded that, or I didn't download it, but I played it on Stadia for like all of 10, maybe 15 minutes, and I was like, what the hell is this? I don't know what this is, and I turned it off. But hearing you describe... American Truck Simulator um, gives me flashbacks to Cam. I don't know if you remember this, or maybe even Jeff. Um, some of the like early games you would play on Apple computers. There was like you know Dino Park Tycoon, of course, Oregon Trail. Yeah. But there yep. was one that was like about driving a truck, and I can't remember what it was called. But I used to play that and have such a good time, you know, driving yeah. and you know remembering I had to fuel up and uh, mm-hmm. just like. Yeah, I'm curious uh, if there's any like connection to those games from these other titles, like these newer titles, or if you know that by chance. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know off the top of my head, but I mean, I feel like there's there's a good base of inspiration from from kind of those OG titles. Yeah, yeah, because at the time you couldn't really do a ton with uh, what you were working with, so it's just like kind of very simple, you know, checking boxes and. Uh, looking at right. meters and stuff like that, but Cam, uh, yeah. do you remember those games? I do remember those games, but I, like I didn't have a ton of experience with them. Mm. Yeah, uh, just kind of I didn't have like a PC early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but I do remember like those were like big. Like my uh, my uncle was a big like simulator guy, and he had like a truck one. And I just be like, this is the boringest shit ever. Like, <laughs> just seeing him like sitting at his desk, and he used to do like flight simulators too. And I'm like, yeah. oh, this is like, oh, you can fly a plane. And I would like try to fly it, and I was like, this doesn't work. <laughs> like, you know, like you have to do all the ignition checks and all that shit. I don't want to do all that stuff. That's weird, but... yeah, yeah. I think like now, like I would probably really, really into that stuff. Oh my god, yeah. The older I get, the more I realize how much of an uncle I'm actually becoming. <laughs> Absolutely, um, yeah. Because I'm watching like history channel documentaries and i'm watching just you know considering playing american truck simulator now and i'm like what happened to me what happened to the kid who was like 360 no scoping and like you know uh but i guess it happens to us all time comes for us all you know um yeah it's inevitable uh but very very cool man i'm i'm curious to to, I, i don't know if i can get into football manager but i have downloaded on my phone one of those like f1 racing manager games yeah and uh I don't know if I'm going to do it. I only downloaded it because I saw, what's his name, Lewis Hamilton. Uh, yeah. He was like the face of it. So I was like, oh, I'm, I might fuck with this. But then I saw like videos <laughs> of it and I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I can do this. Uh, Have you ever heard um, Rob Zachney from Waypoint talk about F1? Actually, yeah. I could listen to Rob Zachney talk about bruh. anything, bro. 
he made me think I could like like get into that stuff. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get into F1. And then I tried. I was like, I can't do it. Man. He had you gassed up thinking you get yeah, into Yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah, no, nah, that's the uh, that's the the Zach Nee curse right there. He he, he just he just he put a hex on you. Be like, damn, you know what? Maybe I will play this really obscure historical RPG or whatever. Um, nah, but that dude's awesome. Shout out to the Waypoint crew. Um, all right, cool, man. Uh, I can uh, quickly go through my list. It's not too too long surprisingly enough ring fit i'm thinking i'm on week, week six or seven i lost count um still going at it i'm going at it every day now um and i've upped the difficulty significantly i'm very proud of myself i'm like becoming one of those people which i did not expect um i have played tetris effect just to um kind of wind down cool off absorb some of those really beautiful messages that that game has and uh, i streamed it a couple times i streamed it i think on thursday night uh and I had a good time with it. Some folks came in and had a really good time watching. So I'll probably stream it again in the future, maybe as a bonus thing, maybe as a cooldown type of game. Um, do you uh, do it VR when you uh, stream? No, I wish. I was th- I was talking about like maybe slowly starting to you know kick the idea around of building another PC or maybe getting like a laptop that will be like my dedicated streaming device because mm-hmm. I stream from the same machine that I play on so right. I have to like balance that effectively and I don't know if I could pull off VR and streaming at the same time but um yeah I've just been playing it with my um on PC uh I've been playing it with uh my little Hori D-pad controller it's like a tiny one for like smaller hands which I have and uh it's got a nice little D-pad it's, it's been a good time I'm having a really good time with it. Um, and the soundtrack just came out recently. I was like working it to the other day. It's so good. Uh, in addition, um, I played a little bit of uh, Umarangi Generation um, after hearing Dia talk about it and listening to the Waypoint podcast and checking out the Steam page. Um, I finally jumped into it. And it's pretty cool, man. It's, it's got some really, really cool ideas and some really interesting messages that it's trying to get across. Mm-hmm. And just the idea of this, it, it almost feels like you're existing inside of Jet Set Radio, like that world. Everyone sort of, right. it's like that color palette, it's that art style. It almost feels like a Dreamcast game. Um, oh, yeah, here's my... There's my neighborhood right there. You gotta love it. Um, and uh, actually, I do love it. Um, and you're walking around with this camera. You have objectives of things you have to take photos of that are littered throughout the you know world. And it becomes a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Scavenger hunt where you're walking around and you're framing things and you're taking photos. And it's surprisingly complex. Like when you pull up your camera, you're aiming down sights, technically speaking, and you're using like your mouse wheel to, I believe, zoom in and out or focus, I forget. And you're also doing, you know, controlling both of those things independently. So there's a bit of like a really cool, um, basic representation of photography, especially if you're working with something like a zoom lens, um, that is really fun to play with when you, it, it does a really great job of capturing the idea of what makes photography so much fun, which in my opinion is being able to stamp out little, you know, rectangular representations or, you know, square or wide format, whatever you're shooting with, whatever kind of, whatever kind of format you're shooting with, um, just stamping out little um, rectangles of like what you wanted to focus on, what you wanted to represent, what you thought was um, valuable in recording but more than just recording 
um, using that as a means of expression because I think a lot of times photography only gets looked at as like recording or um, you know documenting and um, it could be both it could be both it could be either it could be neither um, and the game does a really cool job of doing that and it has really cool um, like set design like it almost feels like you're walking around um, what's that uh, improvisational weird thing uh, speak no more Oh, okay. where there are people Sleep just no sort of around you know, hanging out in that world existing. And uh, some of them you can actually control, like you can actually put them in different poses and stuff. And it's really cool. I haven't, haven't played more of it, but it seems like it's got a larger message and I've sort of re- been reading about it as well. So I'm curious to tease that apart. Um, but I will say one thing that's a bummer. Uh, also, the music is fire. Uh, Dia was right. Music is great. Um, <laughs> but the one thing that's a bummer is while I was playing it, I kind of got nauseous. Um, so oh, wow. I might have to play around with the settings, see if there's a way to, um, I don't know, work with the field of view or something, but I was having a hard time. I can only play it for like 20 minutes or 30 minutes at a time and I had to like kind of walk away. So, um, I'm planning Jeez. on going back to it, but yeah, it's been a bummer. Um, yeah. And then in addition to, uh, that game, uh, I've been streaming more of mafia three, which, um, I'm going to be honest, has been really interesting to play, especially with everything going on right now. And um, some of the stuff I was um, not mentally prepared to re-engage with on Thursday. So I decided to like play Tetris Effect instead and take a break. And I went back at it again on Saturday, which honestly made very little difference considering how much is still happening even as we record. Um, So, And what I mean by that is how unafraid this game is to um address you know these systemic issues and especially involving racism and police brutality and all these kinds of things and i had to really like brace myself for it especially as a game that i'm that i pledged to play with an audience you know that's like we're playing it together experiencing these things some people have already seen these things some people haven't so they're seeing for the first time and it has been uh, it's been interesting, man. It, it's 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 impossible to separate that from the events that are happening right now because there are times where DJs on the radio um, are specifically addressing real things that have happened and are basically examples of things that are continuing to happen right now and how they speak out against it and how they, you know... Um, just give you context for the world that we are exploring it has been um, eye-opening in more ways than I was expecting. And I, and I talked about it when I first mentioned the game, first playing it, and how it, you know, is rooted in real events. And, you know, it might be based in a fictional story with fictional characters, but they bring up real-life events like the Vietnam War and the Civil Rights Movement of the 60s. And, like, um, it's it's fascinating. It is, it is completely fascinating to play this game right now in this moment. Um, even though, you know, ultimately it is sort of a a larger tale about like organized crime and, you know, how, how these characters navigate those spaces and how similar some of these things that we see as like you know, organized crime and evil and like bad things are actually not that far removed from the things that we're, you know, taught to see as like good or, 
you know, these valued institutions with, you know, really questionable track records. So, um, Mafia 3 continues to blow me away, man. Even if it is, like I said, there are store, you know, there are missions where you have to go and you got to like mow down people or you got to blow up a thing or whatever. It's still like, it's still pretty poignant and not afraid to go there. And it's, it's a kind of game that I'm glad exists and I'm kind of mad at myself for sleeping on for so long. Um, again, so, uh, yeah, I'm going to keep playing the game. Um, I, you know, I definitely want to try to play it to its completion on Twitch, but I can't make any promises either, you know, like if, um, yeah, I mean, you know, take, yeah. take, take your time, man. Like, you know, you don't have to finish it if you can't mentally finish it. Man. Like, yeah. It's heavy shit right now. And yeah, you know, like you just gotta, above all, you know, like protect yourself, you know, like it's okay to like not have to entertain you don't have to tap dance for everybody yeah like you really don't you know yeah like, just just to get some content out there for sure <clears throat> take care of yourself your mental is more important definitely definitely that's something that i'm also learning too like how i'm engaging with um with media and like how i'm like you know what things i'm also like failing to see right like you said like mm-hmm. my own sort of mental uh, right health in that sense um but yeah besides that um, I also played some Minecraft Dungeons as a way to, you know, do just that, right? Like I played with Chase, who's also been playing on PC because it's on Xbox Shout Games Pass. Shout out to Chase, and um, but having a good time with it. I streamed it for for the for Kotaku as well. Like, but we played it, you know, before just to kind of get our feet wet a little bit, and yeah. um, it's a. Uh, it's pretty cute, man. I, I, I kind of tweeted it out uh, how this game is kind of cute, but it really is a, um, a very basic, simplified version of a game you'd find in like Diablo 2 or 3 or, you know, any other countless dungeon crawlers where, you know, you're you and a friend up to three other friends, four people total can go through these dungeons and just basically take on hordes of enemies and get good gear get good weapons enchant items and weapons and get abilities and it's not as complex as something like a diablo because in diablo you're like you know you're crafting things and you're you're forging things and you're salvaging you you can still salvage Mm -hmm. for money but it's it's very simplified version of it which i think some people might find off-putting considering um i think the ign review um God, my neighbors love slamming these doors. Uh, the IGN review <laughs> talks about um, how the game is technically called Minecraft Dungeons. And, you know, for a game that's rooted in the Minecraft universe, uh, crafting is very much a part of the world and the name. And for it to be excluded is kind of weird. But I also, like, would not be surprised if down the road they implement some sort of thing. Like, I could see this game growing and getting better over time but i could also see a version of this game that like continues to just lean into the simplicity of it all because it seems simple enough that i made the comment to chase actually like i could see this on phones i could see this on phones i could see this on browsers i could see this on like them basically doing what they did with minecraft right and getting it into the hands of a lot of folks and um keeping it really simple and you know, that's for some games that kind of that kind of works. You know that there's like a watered down version of Animal Crossing. There's a watered down version of all these other games. You know, um, Mario Kart, even if you can believe it. Um, 
so I could see this becoming like a, a kind of like a hit for them, but I could also see a lot of folks just kind of dismissing it. But it really is a good time, and I think if you have Xbox Games Pass, I think it's worth checking out. I think it's worth seeing if you and a few buddies, maybe even one friend, might try like using this game as a way to I, the way I did with Chase, just like play, disconnect, just talk about things while we you know saw numbers go up, and right. it's kind of a a game like we talked about with football manager in Jeff's case for me, it feels fun to just visually see screens get cleared and gear get better. And, you know, our abilities interact with one another and, and complement one another. Um, it's fun. It's a fun little piece of escapism. And I think it's, uh, I think it's worth considering if you have Xbox or if you have a PC. Um, it's also on PlayStation four, Xbox one, um, switch, and Windows, so it's pretty much on everything, and they're promising cross-play down the road, so, you know, I wish it was available at launch, but I understand that's probably incredibly difficult to implement at launch, so um, yeah. I'm hopeful that it could become something cool down the road, because it also exists in a world that I find pretty fun and charming and relaxing, especially with that kind of music, so, yeah, I would say check it out if you're curious, um, but that's about it on my playlist. Uh, Cam, what about you? Uh, yeah, so I've been, <clears throat> I got to check out, um, Metro Exodus this week on Game Pass. Like, this week has been hard to, like, kind of focus on anything. Yeah. Um, so beyond, like, my Apex Legends, like, nightly thing, just to get my, like, treasures and, you know, meet up with my friends, talk for, like, an hour or two to unwind after work. Like, I haven't really been pa- playing anything else or no interest to really play anything else, you know? Like, yeah. Um, so I was like, kind of forced myself the other day to just like, yo, boot up something that's been in new queue. So um, yeah, I'm going through my backlog on Game Game Pass, and Metro Exodus was one of the ones that was like I had downloaded. Like, it was one of the first games I downloaded when I got my Xbox. Um, so I booted it up, and I don't have any experience with the Metro series, like books nor the games. Um, I don't know if you guys have. Um, so nope, nope. <laughs> I mean, I play a little bit of Exodus, but not much. So, like, the concept always interests me, like, this, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic nuclear wasteland, and people are living underground in the the railroad, the railway stations of Moscow. Um, So, the game picks up, uh, I guess, after the last game, and you play as a character called Artyom, Mm -hmm. and he is, like, a part of this resistance, or, like, not resistance, but... um, like this military faction based around this community underground. So they're, they live on the outskirts of uh, Moscow and they're just trying to survive after the war went down, uh, World War three or whatever it was um, went down and there's a nuclear winter and they can't go above ground. He is disillusioned now and he believes that there is more life out there and he's been going on solo missions and just, uh, scanning the radio waves and getting a bunch of radiation in the process. Um, you find out early on in this game that uh, that was all a lie and that he would like our team had the, the right mind about it. There are other people and the, the Russian government have just been blocking the radio signals from coming out or getting in. So these people for years now have been just thinking that they've been alone and that they had to rebuild, but there's an, the whole world is out there. Um, so this game kind of picks up where you are, you know, 
you and your little army are like trekking towards the the capital city, Moscow, and along the way, um, you are set in these like open world environments, and that's kind of where the game loses me mm. um, because it just turns out to it turns into Fallout Four, yeah, which I didn't really love. Um, so it's like these little small areas that you can like explore, but it's just it's still too much for me. Mm. You know, it's not like a full on GTA style open world game, but it is like just too much. I kind of wanted to be directed um, and just get through the story. I just wanted them to tell the story. I didn't really want to be kind of a part of it <laughs> in a way. Uh, you know, like. Um, but the, I guess the game is doing some cool like things with like the the concept of it all, um, like the guns and like the the fact that you have to keep checking your your radiation meter and replace your filters on your mask and wipe the the condensation off your mask. Like these are all systems that you're working with as you play, which I think are pretty cool. But when you're just like I don't know doing the Fallout Four, like going anywhere you want no direction thing i I just it just loses me and i like lost interest at like six hours in i was like Mm. you know what i don't i don't really want to play this unless it gets better i I mean like like you said you you guys haven't played but it's just it's just not doing enough for me to like stick around with it actually like hearing you talk about it i've played it i think i played around the part where like i played it for a while because i remember getting off the train i remember going Uh to like this it it kind of looked like a church um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the f- the very first thing you do, pretty much. And it lost me like right there. Like after I did that, I, like hearing you talk about it reminded me why I stopped playing. <laughs> Which yeah. is like, I kind of agree. I di- I didn't want to do that. I wanted more of a guided experience. Yeah. So like this kind of makes me interested because I, I do like think it's a fascinating. Like I know people love the series a lot. Uh, I don't really know too much about this game in particular, but I think I want to go back and maybe try one of the earlier um, installments. Just to see, like, what a more guided experience would be like. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just it's just not doing enough. Right. Uh, for me right now, I guess, you know, like, I was just looking for a little bit. I can't remember. I guess if, a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if you... But I do... Oh. No, okay. go ahead, go ahead. No, I was like, I do remember this coming out. It, it was, like, around the time, like, everything was coming out with open world. You know, everything's open world now. But, like, even more so, like, they were just throwing open world into, like, a bunch of different games or it didn't need to be right um and i think that's that's more of it yeah uh, what were you gonna say i was gonna say i can't remember if you mentioned this but um have you read the novels no i haven't maybe you should try that maybe yeah that was that's what i was thinking of as well um yeah. i had definitely been like fiending for like a new book recently yeah um so maybe i'll maybe i'll start that maybe i'll download those but that's honestly that's all i've been playing like yeah. <laughs> it's been so hard to like kind of focus on anything nah um, man i get it i mean apex enough is something that even hearing you talk about it has made me realize i should get back into because that's a really great way to just talk to some folks and take your mind yeah. off things even for like an hour it's great like uh apex i've been really really into these last couple of weeks um I think this season is phenomenal, even with the little the stuff we talked about in previous episodes with the, the shitty character design and the lack of, uh, I don't know, consultation on the matter. Um, I think it's still a decent, um, it's the, the best battle royale around, so, um, but yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's, that's about it. 
Word. All right, cool. Not a bad, not a bad playlist, everybody. Good job. Good job. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. Let's just jump into the news this week. Uh, so earlier this week, we had a, a cool showcase, like a sort of Nintendo Direct style uh, thing called the Wholesome Direct or the Wholesome Games Direct that aired um, over 50 upcoming indie games that run the gamut. I'm taking this from Kotaku from Train Sims. So, you know. Jeff, it's right up your alley, to uh, <laughs> augmented yep. reality adventures. Um, some really, really cool things in here. I mean, we'd yeah. known about it for a while. I think some folks were really looking forward to it. I know I was, for sure. And there's even been some interesting discussion around how it's being uh, packaged and how it's being framed and stuff like that. But I'm curious, uh, before we get into all that stuff, um, Jeff, have you had a chance to check out the Wholesome Direct, or did you get a chance to check it out? I hadn't uh, watched it. I caught the conversation afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um it's pretty awesome and amazing to see stuff like this pop up uh, given the kind of vacuum that there is without conventions without e3 without all of the kind of big tentpole kind of discussion points that normally would dominate what everybody would be discussing regarding video games and just personally like something like this to help elevate the kind of profile of all of these individual titles um Mm. it's it's always refreshing to see um especially if it's something that's coming you know from a a grassroots slash community effort um you know whether that's from fans or from the developers directly uh like my my kind (laughs) of personal grievances with some of the events going on uh streaming wise with some of the bigger publishers and platform holders is that it, like part of it is coming from a point of view where they're doing it for the sake of doing it um mm. as opposed to having kind of like a an, an earnest um and authentic kind of starting point um having something like that kind of helps drive the interest in conversation and something like this, where there is an overarching theme of indie titles that um, aren't necessarily uh, genres that you would probably consider or experience um, and put it into a a neat little wrapper um, for everybody to kind of check out over, I don't know how long it was like 20, 30 minutes. Um, Yeah. Something like that. It's like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, that's like yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, um, Cam, how about you, man? Did you get a chance to watch any of this stuff or see any of the games from here? Yeah, I got to see like some of the games uh, from there. I didn't get to see the the the, the VOD or, or the, the actual event, but um, some of the stuff looks really cool and cute, and I, I love like the indie space. Um, it'd be cool if they like you know like I like the idea of making these stuff more accessible because I find that. A lot of indie games just be, go into like obscurity like so fast, and they don't kind of get the light that they deserve. Or you gotta go like you gotta go on itch, or you gotta go you know into the Nintendo uh, weird section like in the store, the Nintendo store. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, I just like the the fact that a lot of these things are getting put up in the forefront, especially with these big behemoth games coming out this year and the new systems and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And um, it it also reminded me, so I got a chance to check out like uh, the stream late and then I went back and watched like the first 15 minutes or so that I I, um, missed. And it made me really miss 
going to these kinds of events where, you know, of course, they're like the Paxes of the world and stuff like that, but also some of the smaller ones too. Like, um, and even some of the smaller ones are getting huge too, but it also made me like remember uh, fond memories of like going to GDOC, Game Devs of Color, which also announced recently that they're going to be going uh, online this this year, which I think is phenomenal. I can't wait to see what they're able to pull off. Um, but it makes me miss that. It makes me miss actually being in a packed space with folks and like looking over people's shoulders and like and that stuff is like fun to actually be able to go and talk to developers directly but i think this game or i'm sorry this direct does a really good job of like you said kim like curating um these really awesome games in a very specific kind of flow i don't know how much thought went into like the order of it i'm assuming a lot (laughs) um but it really does make a difference when you're letting these games breathe and and you know positioning them with other games that are either similar or even different so that they can they can stand out and it's really cool to um put that spotlight on these kinds of games and these developers and there was a nice variety of folks on camera which i saw and appreciated uh folks from developers with you know stories and themes that seemed really cool even if they weren't really you know going into the fray and having super, you know, uh, controversial things to say, whatever. I think um, that's part of where the other discussion is happening in terms of the, you know, framing it around the word wholesome, which, you know, previously, uh, like Ethan brings up in his piece here, kind of uh, makes people remember uh, reinforcing norms and things like were seen in like leave it to beaver and stuff like that, that really kind of dismiss or maybe even ignore or forget some larger uh, context, you know, especially now, especially in this moment in time, especially. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 interesting. I'm hoping to see more uh, things like this. I think this is a really great way to show these games off instead of, you know, one big event where it's hard to, even for us as people of the media, as uh, to like go and... Um, capture games and try to book appointments and all this other stuff it seems like a really cool way to almost give an abridged version of everything and then from here on out we can sort of choose you know who we want to talk to and what games we want to look at especially but um jeff i'm curious if like you know uh if you had any um opinions on just the future of these events and what you'd want to see more of or something in a way the the fact that this kind of pandemic and quarantine forced the hand of so many game related companies to adopt the kind of streaming slash direct strategy uh, is pretty good news to me um, mm. I feel like the best way to kind of communicate directly with the the fans of whatever games you're developing or publishing um, is talking directly to them, um, whether that's something packaged like a direct, um, whether it's streaming. Um, I feel like having that kind of open or as open as you can have it um, means of communication directly with uh, the fan base is the best way to, to go about it as opposed to, you know, dropping a, an extraordinary amount of money on, you know, whatever it is for um, a giant E3 booth or yeah. a huge PR blitz. Um, it does, it definitely does a, a wonders for awareness, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're trying to kind of 
talk directly with your fans and and, and build something up. Um, pretty much, yeah. Like I, I think that the, these kind of direct events are the the way forward. I think everybody is going to try and adopt this, whether it's something that's semi regular or they fully replace kind of the tentpole events in yeah. some capacity. They're going to continue to happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've we've all been to these events, these huge events where there are you know still <laughs> booth babes throwing out energy drinks at people um, yeah. and, you know, giant LED screens and whole rows of gamer chair manufacturers. Um, also, we're looking for sponsors, so please look this up. Um, but yeah, Cam, I'm curious if, if, you know, just to quickly wrap this up, give you the last word, um, you know, hope, what you hope to see too in the future moving forward or, or what you're looking forward to or what you want to see less of even. Um. Yeah, it, it is one of those like weird, oddly like conflicting things. Because like you said, like I do miss doing this type of thing. But then I remember how much of that when I had bad times. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think they need to like maybe meet somewhere in the middle eventually. Um, kind of like in the old days, make it a little more media oriented. Um and less like um, uh, E three ish, you mm. know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, the smaller events, I I don't know. Like, I don't know how. I think they benefit from having people there, especially like a like a, a game does the color or something like that. You know, like seeing the feeling the energy from the room. Like, those are some of the best events you can yeah. go to, and like you know, meeting all those stuff. So, like, I do hopefully we can get back to that. But I think in the meantime, they're doing a decent job trying to get the, the medium out there and show all these new games and developers and get people on the map. And like, I guess everybody's just working with, with what they have. Yeah. And, you know, hope, I don't know. Like, I don't know what the answer would be. Like, I, it's really hard to figure out what you like until you actually see it. Right. Yeah. I think when we get maybe like a full year of these going around, we might be like, this is the way to go, you know? Like Totally. Um, but we still have that like old DNA in us where we want to, you know, still, you know, meet our, our, our people that we know, our mutuals and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of one of these weirdly, oddly conflicting things that I kind of selfishly want, but also I think might be better if we didn't. <laughs> yeah for real, for real and even if we do jeff next time i see you at the booth i'm doing the old kid and play yeah uh, yes yeah. sir yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, all right. Cool. I mean, speaking of more directs, this one I have a link for, but there was a 20 minute or it was like 23 minutes long. Yeah. 23 minutes long state of play for the last of us part two. Um, yeah. They went ahead and like outlined what we can expect from the game, what kind of systems and stuff. And they also shut off, I think like eight minutes of uninterrupted gameplay and um, with just like, you know, no one, I don't, I don't think anybody was commentating on it, but um it's interesting. A lot, they showed off a ton of stuff. Um, Jeff, I'm curious if you got a chance to check this out, and uh, if you did, what your thoughts were. I purposefully avoided watching um, their their gameplay stream because I wanted to go in pretty spoiler free. Mm, um, okay. But I, I definitely caught the conversation on my on my social feeds, and you know, I have a couple of friends over at Naughty Dogs, so um, been 
chatting with them through, you know, the last couple of months of what's been going down and, you know, just trying to support them. Um, I'm personally just excited. Um, but, uh, yeah, the one thing that I, I did see, like, just dominate the, the kind of social chatter was, uh, the, the inclusion of the Vita, long live the Vita. Um, <laughs> yeah. it was crazy that, that they had a hotline Miami, um, featured their shout outs to, to that That's squad. That's what that was. Yeah. Yeah. The music sounded super familiar. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah um, I, I checked it out. I'm just always morbidly curious and I'm a little less, I guess, um, I guess the the more I get into this, the the less I guess I'm worried about spoilers. Like if it's if I have a thing spoiled, I'm like, ah, eh, whatever. What can you do? At least I'll get to see how it plays out. But uh, Cam, did you get a chance to check this out? Yeah, I was kind of avoiding it, but for like different reasons because I I yeah. knew I was not it was going to be a turnoff for me. Um, like I did enjoy The Last of Us, but I don't think I would ever play it again. Yeah. That yeah, being said. <laughs> that being said, I'm gonna wait uh, th- until the next generation comes out to get this game. Uh, maybe when it dies down a little bit, I'll get into it. But I will say, watching this thing, there's a lot of fucking murder, like a <laughs> yeah. lot of gruesome ways to kill people. And like, I don't know if I'm into that like all the way anymore. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, ah, uh, man, I like, I kind of like, you know, was so. I don't know, not into playing The Last of It. Like, I enjoyed the story of it all. Like, it was a really heartfelt story. It was really intense. But, like, that was a really hard game to play. And then watching... uh, When they first revealed um, this, I guess it was last year or the year before, Um, you know, with that girl getting tortured and getting her arm chopped off or whatever, um, that, that just doesn't work for me anymore <laughs> yeah um just like murder for murder's sake or you know just going all over the top um i don't know like I, that's a very i know that my opinion may be very specific but like it just it just isn't exciting for me um so it definitely took me a while to like kind of you know want to watch this thing i did watch it it looks phenomenal like like technically why you know technical wise like i don't think my ps4 could handle it because it's a base ps4 so i'm not even going to attempt to play it mm. i don't want to blow up the fans in this <laughs> but um yeah man I, I i don't know how i'm curious to see how you you feel paul like yeah i know we have very similar um takes on the last of us yeah, I mean, uh, when I played it originally, what was it, 2013 or whatever on the PS3? or I forget what year it was exactly, but um, it was a long time ago. I was a whole different person. It was, you know, the, the world wasn't that much different, but, you know, things were different. Um, and I kind of feel the same way. It's a game that I always tell, like, folks, like, oh, you haven't played Last of Us? You should check it out. Because it's like, right. you know, it's one of those kind of tentpole examples of what... Um, like you said, right? Like technically speaking, what the magicians over at Naughty Dog are able to pull off, right? And like, right. Um, especially in regards to not just like graphically, but um, story-wise and character-wise, like it's 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 a it's an example of something that was at the time for me, especially was like, wow, I can't believe like we did this, <laughs> like like I had right, some part right, of it. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think hearing pandemic and hearing about like the losses and the failure of the system to buckles under the weight of everything um 
is not the the first thing I want to be playing and absorbing at this moment. Um, and I wonder, I also question, right? I'm, I'm very tempted to, or not tempted, but I'm very cautiously optimistic about how this game is going to handle a lot of that stuff, especially now that not only am I older, but, uh, you know, the world is different. And um, like you said, man, some of those some of those animations are, like, disturbing. They're disturbing to me. Like, even when I'm playing Mafia 3, as much as I like that game, um, there are parts even when, you know, you shoot somebody with a shotgun or, you know, you, you, you stab them in the neck and they fall over. Um, but you can see them, like, kind of um, in pain on the ground, like, rolling around, holding their stomachs or whatever. Like, you see them viscerally, like dying <laughs> and in this game it's even like we mentioned the vita portion where like you know uh that death uh, that kill was so gruesome to, to watch and like you said yeah. the fidelity is so impressive that seeing them wince in pain and like you know call out for for people or whatever it's like it's it's a lot man it's a lot right now to handle but um you know, I'm still going to play it. I'm still curious to see what it has to say because, you know, there's a really good chance that there's something cool there buried underneath and um, maybe something that we can extract that we can, I don't know. That, that's my optimistic hope, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot. It's a lot to to process, but um, I'm looking forward to it either way. I, I'm going to play it. I tend to be, um, you know, really even if it's like morbidly curious, I tend to be extremely curious about this kind of stuff. And, uh, this game also just looks like, I don't know, it just, it just definitely looks like an experience and I want to be able to at least, you know, be able to speak on it in some sort of way. Um, but, um, yeah, I chose this next story because we haven't really talked about it, but I've been thinking about it a lot since it happened. But, um, so Jeff, I don't know if you've been following this story. Um, but um, have you been watching the, the the last season of Terrace House by chance? I have not, but my wife has. So yeah. I, I, I get the, the, the gossip and the chatter passively. Yeah. So uh, the latest season of Terrace House, um, which in all honesty might be the final and, you know, final season of Terrace House, um, there, was a, there was a character. There was a real person um, named uh, Hana Kimura, who was a wrestler. She was a female wrestler in Japan and, you know, um, was definitely struggling with um, being on the show. And one of the things about the show that I find so interesting and now kind of um, disturbing was how easily the cast members were able to watch previous shows, even episodes that they were on as the season was playing out. So it definitely influenced their perception or their you know, desire to be perceived in a specific way and get a specific kind of edit. And a lot of things have come to light, um, especially because that wrestler that I mentioned, Hana Kimura, she uh, passed away very recently and they haven't specified the cause just yet, but many people are, you know, led to believe that it was suicide, unfortunately. Um, And um, they're basically suspending the show there i think there was an episode that was going to be coming out that's not no longer going to be coming out and a lot of it had to do with the fact that um this specific cast member you know was she was so young she was definitely figuring out 
um, as most of the cast members do, especially the young ones, um, figuring out who they are and, and sort of their mistakes are being magnified and amplified for audiences to see. And, you know, a lot of the show is obviously produced because it's reality television and there are, they claim there's no script, but, you know, as someone who has worked in reality television, I can tell you that things are directed, things are, uh, there are actors that are hired, there are ways that things are framed, and I can go on and on and on and on about how, you know, these things are produced. Um, but unfortunately, um, this led uh, a lot of toxic fans, especially in Japan, to really go after her on social media and, you know, all these other different ways. And, um, you know, also contributed to this to to this tragedy and um yeah as a result they're suspending the show but there's also a larger discussion happening around those sort of toxic fans and what needs to be done to change that perception but also you know raising real concerns about mental mental health and how that's perceived in japan and and addressing that and also at least for me on a personal level um because i i guess neither of you have watched this season right i guess I don't know. I haven't watched the show at all. Yeah, I, I would even say, like, you know, you know me how much I have evangelized the show right. and, and talked about how much I loved it and what I thought was so fascinating about it. Now has me questioning a lot of things about my, you know, my role in in this thing, right? In in how, in some ways, I'm complicit, right? Like, it's got me thinking about, you know, as I think a lot of folks should do in in. Uh, questioning their roles and how they're playing a part of this this thing, right? This larger thing, and um, yeah, it's it's um, it's got me really um, hesitant to talk about the show anymore. I'm probably not going to watch it anymore. As a result, um, I I'm so like heartbroken for her and her family and friends, and um, you know, I hope. This never happens again, obviously. You know, there are resources out there. If you're struggling with this kind of thing, please, you're not alone. You can reach out and get some help. Um, but yeah, it's got me thinking too, like the stuff that I consume, especially something like this, like, you know, um, it's a lot. It's been a lot, man. Um, but yeah, I, at this rate, I'm like, yeah, maybe don't watch Terrace House, man. It's like, it's this is something that is, um, something that we're all, I guess, trying to figure out as we move forward, right? With these yeah. kinds of, shows and situations but that's that's heartbreaking man yeah yeah i'm curious if i mean i know y'all don't have haven't watched it but if either of y'all have any takes on this at all i mean it's it's crazy that something like this happened but with the reality show context i feel like it's much more saddening um i mean obviously not knowing the full context of of how she she passed away um it's just i feel like is it a is it a byproduct of the whole kind of um reality show complex or is it something more it's it's like it's like a lot to unpack right it's sure, it's sure. still crazy though yeah it's a lot to unpack for sure um yeah it's yeah like i think like jeff said it's like these we have that in in, in all of us as humans, like we just like to see these like uh, train wrecks and people's lives in front yeah. of us, like you know, just like these. It's like a like watching a puppet or something like that, you know. Like I don't know how to explain it, but we all like you know when a fight breaks out in school, yeah. everybody's yeah. like in, like wants to see it. Like you you have that. We all have done it, you know. Like mm-hmm. 
you just want to be a part of that. You want to see people's lives and you want to see these conflicts. Like I, I know like um, when I used to watch a lot of reality TV, the, the worst seasons or the worst episodes were when nothing, no arguments were happening. No, you know, yeah. no conflict. Like when they were friends and shit, like, <laughs> right. Boring. Like, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 it's bizarre. So, I mean, rest in peace um, to this young woman and, you know, her friends and family, hopefully, um, can uh, find some peace, um, but man, that that's heartbreaking to be honest. Like, yeah, you never want yeah. to see that. Yeah, yeah for, for sure, for sure. Um, man, I promise not all the stories this week are are bummers. Uh, <laughs> Three so, more bad stories. <laughs> I know, we, got, we got a couple more bad stories, but we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep it moving. Um, so BlizzCon 2020 has officially been canceled. Uh, you know, for uh, I'm sure a variety of obvious reasons. One being we're in the middle of a pandemic, and probably not a good idea. Um, so uh, they released a statement, I believe. Um, earlier uh, in the week it said we have we've had many discussions about holding a convention about what holding a convention would look like in light of all the health and safety considerations we want to make we've also talked about different paths we could take and how each one could be complicated by fluctuations in national and local health guidelines in the months ahead ultimately after considering our options we've come to the very difficult decision to not have blizzcon this year Um, The blog also stated that the team is considering how to throw some kind of virtual event, but noted that it wouldn't happen until sometime early next year. So um, it's kind of par for the course for something for, you know, a company like Blizzard. They don't have a ton to show all the time. You know, they kind of take their time making these bigger games. But um, I'm very curious. uh, I mean, we talked about it before with the Wholesome Direct and Nintendo Direct's state of plays. It definitely seems to be where these things are headed. And... um, yeah, I mean, for something like BlizzCon, it would have been um, a good time to also talk to folks. And I mean, I guess it's always a good time to talk to them, right, about specific things regarding uh, their games, especially um, with stuff going on in the news recently. But were either of y'all looking forward to BlizzCon 2020? I was pretty interested in seeing if Blizzard had anything else coming up um, up their sleeve. And I mean, you're right. Like, they're, they're definitely a, a company that... Um, has a few titles and they're not, you know, churning out stuff um, by the dozens. And so I was super interested to see if there was anything like new, um, exciting, but like the other aspect of it, which totally will get lost um, in terms of having like a virtual event or whatever that looks like is like the, the community and fan building aspect, like a very big chunk of BlizzCon is like, you know, the cosplayers, everybody, you know, turning up for their favorite franchises and, and, you know, their characters and whatever. Um, Like online chatter will, will only get you so far. And uh, a a lot of that's just kind of lost without having that in-person aspect. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure that there are a lot of, you know, Blizzard fans that are super bummed about not being able to make the trip out. Like they probably have done year after year and, you know, meeting up with friends and meeting up with, you know, all the, the show regulars. Um, yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. can't about you. That's an interesting point to think about. You know, like how much they rely on like the the fan aspect. Um, but yeah, I, I, I was uh, fairly excited for BlizzCon. I, I I want this company to be good. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I'm always hoping that they'll be good. Um, I don't know why I have that, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to see maybe if they were gonna. Re- announce some more about like overwatch 2 and what that's going to look like 
and uh, in the future. So, yeah, it's kind of bummer that it's canceled, but I'm sure it was like a very long and uh, strenuous uh, like decision making process. Yeah, yeah, that's that's another thing I'm like a little let down about is, you know, like you said, I'm always hopeful that one day they'll come out on stage and be like hey you know what we took into consideration some of the comments about you know zenyatta's aztec skin or whatever right right? yeah um and a part of me always has that um expectation even if it's super super tiny and way way down in like my in my gut and it you know more often than not we don't get that it's a little disappointing to see but um you also i mean i was also very Again, curious to see what kind of protests we might even see, what kind of really cool, like, even cosplay as protests or, like, just anything really, like, I, the things that I couldn't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, we also lose that in the, uh, in, the, um, in the cancellation as well, right? So as much as, yeah, I would have liked to have seen what announcements they would have had down the road and right. what kind of cool things they would have had to say or maybe even address, I would have also, like, gotten a chance to see what the community had to say. And if... if they would, you know, be willing to take a chance to be critical, even among some of their larger fans. I mean, we've had fans of the company on the show before, and they're still critical of the company. So it's like, yeah, those sure. are who I'm sad I'm not going to get to see. Uh, but yeah, any uh, any final thoughts on BlizzCon 2020 before we move on? Rest in peace, BlizzCon. <laughs> Pour, Pour one out, out. BlizzCon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, in good news... Um, Skullgirls honors two high-level queer players in the latest update. So I'm taking this from Kotaku. Oh, sure. But uh, although Skullgirls patches these days often uh, focus on improvements to online play and tiny graphical bugs, the 2012 fighting game has received an update over the long weekend that pays homage to a pair of high-level players. Before they dominated Mortal Kombat and Dragon Ball Fighter Z, Dominic, Sonic Fox, McLean, uh, and uh, the world's greatest Skullgirls player, or was the world's greatest Skullgirls player, excuse me, now their persona will live forever in the game as a background character, randomly taking the place of tutorial NPC Mrs. Victoria in the training stage. When the update went live, Sonic Fox was obviously over the moon. He's just tweeting about it and stuff. And um, yeah, they they mentioned that uh, a couple of other folks have been... Um, I think just sort of extremely excited about the updates uh, that have been going to the, to, into this game specifically. And um, also during crowdfunding for Skullgirls, one of the donation tiers gave contributors the opportunity to have either themselves or a character of their choosing immortalized as an in-game NPC. These background characters include another high-level player known as Sev. Since Skullgirls originally launched almost almost a decade ago, however, Sev has transitioned to more accurately reflect her gender. So as part of the same update that added Sonic Fox, the developers worked with Sev to update her NPC accordingly. So, um, yeah, just really cool. I thought it was a really cool little bright spot in uh, you know everything that's been going on to see so this nice. level of representation. Yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Kim, what's your takeaway from all this? I, I have no experience with Skullgirls, but uh, I love Sonic Fox and yeah. anything when he... When, uh, and he gets excited about, you know, things. Like, that guy's passionate as hell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? For so, damn sure. So, uh, I, I, I love that they're actually taking the time and, you know, giving back to the community that's, like, got them to where they are. Um, so, it, more games and should be doing this stuff, you know? Like, because a lot of times the game is not what's exciting. It's the characters, like, it's the people who... Uh, 
who make it exciting. It's people who play it who make it exciting, you know, especially like yeah. in fighting games. Um, like, you know, with the the popularity of esports and that stuff, I, I think it's dope that they're actually like, you know, it's it's a small, it's a very small gesture, but it's, it's dope, you know, it means a lot to people. Yeah, totally, totally. Uh, Jeff, you have any thoughts? Yeah, shout outs to the Skullgirls devs. I mean, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Just, you know, being allies and um, like Ham said, like it may be a small kind of update, but it speaks enormous amounts. And right. yeah, Sonic Fox, he's, they, they're like one of the, the homies and um, they've supported our game, uh, games, uh, love to sign our wild hearts. And so we're always excited when, when, when they talk about um, anything that they're excited about. Totally, yeah. totally. Um all right, very very cool. Moving moving forward, um, this one is okay. This is a bummer story, unfortunately. But uh, uh, this was sort of dominating the the conversation, especially like towards the, the beginning of the week. Um, but YouTube Skyrim grandma is taking a break after reading the comments. I'm taking this from Vice dot com. Shout out to Gita who wrote this. Um, but yeah, essentially, I don't know if y'all have been following this story, but there's an 82 year old. Uh, named Shirley Curry, affectionately known as Skyrim Grandma. Um, and she's taking a, a two-week break from YouTube, apparently, after, um, you know, she released a, a, a video, um, you know, explaining her, her break from, from these videos and, and stuff like that, and this content that she creates. And um, she made a point to highlight, you know, some some folks who were giving her grief in the comments and having to respond to them and them not letting up and sort of sucking the joy out of um, something that she finds really fun. And she plays it a, a very particular kind of way. And it's, it's not, you know, meant to be this speed run where she's trying to hundred percent and like min max everything in the most effective way. She's just having fun doing really interesting um, playthroughs and uh, she's taking a break because she said that it's it's stressed her out. It's got her blood pressure, you know, spiking and stuff. So it's um it's a bit of a bummer, man. It's a bit of a bummer to see her her video about this, especially and yeah. um you know like this this sort of uh, toxic um you know e- even if it is um a small part of your audience, quote unquote audience, um doing these continued uh attacks you know towards these content creators who actually really care and are trying to have a good time and um yeah it's been a bummer uh have either of you checked this out jeff have you seen this yeah i mean internet gives and the internet takes away that's for sure it's it's such a bummer to see anything toxic even touch something that is you know delightful like it's always awesome to see someone that you wouldn't normally associate with video games period nevertheless playing skyrim um you know talking about it creating content for it um but again like the internet take the internet takes away and just you know you wish that the aspects like this people wouldn't you know say stuff do stuff but i don't know like again it's a it's a kind of bummer kind of topic but yeah yeah Yeah. you gotta be a fucking loser yeah you had like legit you have to be a fucking loser to fucking harass an old woman having fun this is the most wholesome shit ever and you're gonna come in here and 
oh my god that shit is just the worst like that's the part of video game shit that like i just i hate being a part of you know like yeah like that oh man that shit really ruins it like it's one thing to come after me and paul about uh, fucking you know saying something misspeaking or whatever like right but is she she, you don't need to do this to this woman like what the fuck yeah seriously the fact that she's like aware enough to know that like yo i gotta take a break this shit is getting to me mm-hmm. and her and her you know her age it's like that that's just upsetting as fuck man like you said man like it's a bummer dude yeah like, totally it is uh, these fucking it is losers, in- man i swear <laughs> yeah i know i know trust me trust me i got them in my mentions too um <laughs> it's it's infuriating to see right like the way you just talked about like this really wholesome really kind of original inspiring thing to me right to see this older Mm -hmm. woman i want to be 80 something playing video games and you know maybe not making content but um it's also really cool to see her take ownership of her own space and her own mental you know health and stuff and and like you said right because this stuff really can take a toll on you it is it is brutal to an extent once you pass a certain level where you know you're just like why do i do this in the first place right right and it's it's admirable to see her say you know what i'm taking a break i'm walking away and this is on y'all like i have done what i can and this is me speaking out on it but if you want to see more i need you to you know meet me halfway at the very least or because she's also saying some very reasonable things right it's like hey don't backseat game don't harass me don't say right. nasty things let me play this game let me have fun that's what i'm here for that's what i hope you're here for um and some folks are just like no <laughs> some folks are just they just don't want to do that yeah they don't want to give her that space and that's something sadly that we see more often than not and yeah. um i think you know I, again trying to be uh, optimistic here i want to i want to believe that I've, even amongst the reactions i've seen online like are very similar to what y'all have both said already um and i want to believe that there's going to be like uh the pendulum swinging the other way and that there are you know some of these some of these companies too like twitch and youtube are going to actually cause some real change probably not but um again right i'm, I'm holding out hope that they'll be able to give us real tools to to you know report these kinds of behaviors or um you know stop amplifying problematic voices it's like very 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 basic things that we've been talking about for forever at this point it feels like and i know we talk about it on this show all the time but um yeah seeing it impact this old woman in this way who seems like she's very sweet and trying to you know do something wholesome it's it's a bummer it's a huge bummer and uh i guess we can only hope that it'll get better um but i guess we'll keep an eye on that any, uh, away from people oh my god yeah <laughs> any it. final thoughts it, yeah it just reminds me of like you know these same people that are harassed this old woman it will stand the the companies if you talk critically about them or you know that type of thing they don't really care about people it's just yeah man that shit really grinds my fucking gears man it really does totally and you see someone talking to your fucking grandma like (laughs) oh no man we we have that word yeah i know i thought we were getting hacked for a second we definitely are yeah (laughs) 
the so gamers no. united. <laughs> um, all right, cool. So final story, I'm leaving with a beacon of hope. So yeah. That will hopefully inspire the masses and continue to, you know, have hope, keep hope alive. But um, the Sonic the Hedgehog movie is getting a sequel, uh, everybody. <laughs> so taking this from Kotaku, but Paramount and Sega confirmed the news to Variety this afternoon. And while it's too early for casting announcements, though you'd expect to at least see Jim Carrey, James Marsden, and, uh, you know, Sonic's voice, Ben Schwartz, to be back. The same core team behind the first film, director Jeff Fowler and writers Pat Casey and Josh Miller are returning, which to me is a great sign because I actually really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was really, really simple and stupid and fun. I'm very much looking for um, a sequel, especially considering that without giving too much away, they definitely teased at the, you know, Sonic Sega cinematic universe in that, uh, in that first movie. Um, Jeff, did you get a chance to watch Sonic the Hedgehog, the movie? I have not seen the movie. I've been trying to get my wife to, to have us rent it, but she's been a, a hard no. Oh, I do know. It. I know. Do it. I haven't watched it either. Oh, you guys are yeah. breaking my heart. I, um... <laughs> I what I hope for the sequel is I hope they package it with the original cut of the first movie <laughs> <laughs> because that shit would be sweet. Like I really want to see what they were going for. Like you know they have that that thing was wrapped. You know like yeah, yeah. that's that's interesting. I, I hope that someone gets to see that at some point. Um, Look but, man, yeah, I want to see some tails. I want to see some Amy. Yeah, I want to yeah. see Knuckles in this bitch. Bigs maybe. Oh yeah. On, yo, man. you might get your you might get your wish though. HBO Max might be like, "Yo, we got the Snyder cut. Here's a Sonic." Before they patched it. Speaking of HBO Max, my I usually watch most of my media on my PS4, and yeah. my HBO uh, now updated to HBO Max, and I got kicked off, and I was using oh. someone's sign in, and I don't Damn. have their their password anymore. Allegedly. No, it th- th- it was my old roommate. She let me have it, but it was just like. <laughs> Damn, man. I don't want to text her like Sorry, I got the Uh-oh. mic boys. Yeah, they're here. Alright, I'm gonna pause. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, no, I um yeah, I, I thought this was such a dumb I I went into it like ready because I when I first saw the trailer, the, especially the first first trailer, like I said before on the show, I was super dismissive of this movie and then actually going to the movie theater also, you know. After having a, a tasty treat beforehand, uh, I uh, <laughs> what are you I had about, a. Paul? What's up? What are you talking about, Paul? You know, just whatever kind of snacks you like to enjoy before you know opening up your mind a bit. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, I had some I had some vitamins. Um, yeah, it's uh, it is so dumb and ridiculous in an, in a '90s way that I wasn't fully prepared for and there's some like you know some pretty gross like product placement stuff in there but it also kind of works in some weird way it's also a movie about a fucking hedgehog from a different dimension so you know not really expecting uh to be moved to tears here but uh if you just kind of relax and lean into it and let it be silly a silly 90s children's movie yeah it is um you'll be surprised you might actually like it more than you expected so um that's me saying that whatever the sequel is is going to be my movie of the year. So just calling it right now. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. Before we jump into the second half of the show, um, let's take a quick break and uh, we'll be right back. All right, jumping into questions this week. If you have any questions for us, please feel free to send an email directly to us at questions at the-optional.com. You can also drop them into our Discord's questions channel or if you're brave enough, uh, download the Anchor app. 
and leave us a voice message if you go to our profile. Just just type in the optional podcast. We're, we we got to be the only one on there. I don't know. I haven't checked. Maybe there's <laughs> maybe there's some imitators. Um, but Bo writes in. Shout out to Bo. Uh, before video games, what kind of games did you play outside? Did you make up your own games, or did you have unique rules to old games like Hopscotch? I used to play a lot of freeze tag and manhunt. I lived on a single lane street, but it was still pretty dangerous running back and forth to each side of the street. Um, Jeff, if you can remember a time when you would play outside, when yeah. you were allowed to go outside. Uh, did you have any games that you used to play or make up rules for? Yeah. Uh, the the neighborhood I used to grow up in was pretty small, and uh, there was a couple of kids that I knew and hung out with pretty regularly, especially like over the summers. Um, so we'd, we'd do freeze tag for sure. But um, a lot of us would like play basketball since like I had a hoop that I could just pull out into our driveway. Oh, weird. Um, and then, like, we all had BMX bikes, too, so we just cruise around the neighborhood and try and pop wheelies. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, remember wheelies? <laughs> <laughs> Throwback. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's a good, that's a good time. Yeah. That's a good time to me. I know, same. Like, we, I remember me and Paul, specifically, we played Manhunt well into high school. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was, like, a big thing, especially because, like, in Long Island, like, we had a lot more space, so we could just be in people's yards and like literally on top of people's houses, <laughs> hiding. Yeah. Uh, definitely not legal, but um, no. yeah, stuff like that was really fun. Like you said, like riding bike, uh, skating, man. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we used to skate, and man, all that stuff was really fun. I used to play. Yeah. Um, me and my friends in uh, elementary school, we used to like play our own like kind of tabletop game we just just kind of make up rules as they came about my best friend in third grade he had like um all these like star wars figurines and army men so we used to like Mm -hmm. make this like (laughs) board in his backyard and we just just kind of like battle it was like this weird version of chess or something like that um so we used to do stuff like that just make up rules as kids just don't be know what they're talking about they just be Mm -hmm. talking Mm -hmm. yep (laughs) and making up rules as it goes which is dope though yeah there's a certain like beauty in that too like when i see my (laughs) nephews and my niece like playing with one another outside and like it's cool to see them make up rules or like you know i don't know just just see them seeing them play like i mean we're all very big you know fans of being able to play and and what that can bring into your life um but yeah, same same here. A lot of especially when I was in Queens still when I was a kid, a lot of like biking around until like nine and then coming home like dirty and sweaty as hell and like <laughs> my mom just being like, You good? Like, yeah. <laughs> um but, but yeah, a lot of like I remember one time um in Queens when I was a kid, uh me and my best friend at the time, we were like super, super into um like baseball. So we wanted to play baseball and we didn't have a baseball field or anything like that we only had like concrete we had basketball hoops we had so we had um like handball like a handball wall and um so over by there we just brought like tennis balls which we were allowed to bring and we weren't allowed to bring bats so we just would play with our gloves like we were playing some dusty ass baseball (laughs) and um we we made it work we made it work we had we like we sketched out where first base was and we kind of like you know very you know inaccurately measured where second and third base would be and, and home plate um but yeah that's like the only time we actually like made up like a very like <laughs> duct tape together rule version of this game but yeah that's outside of like manhunt 
Yeah, it was real. We should have just got a kickball at that point. I don't know what the <laughs> hell you were thinking. But um, yeah, good time. Uh, I also, remember, uh, Suicide? I was about to say, Suicide, which is problematic. Yeah. But Super it was also problematic, now that I just think about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it was a game called Suicide, uh, content warning. Um, but it was also called Asses Up. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of different the, names for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like you you had a handball and you just like everybody moved back from whatever large wall you had available to you. Sometimes it was just like a handball wall. And um, yeah, you threw it as hard as you could against the wall. And then your objective was to just try to catch it as cleanly as you could. Um, but if you stum- if you fumbled it and it fell and it hit the ground and it bounced, you had to run for the wall um, and someone else could pick up the ball and they had to like, like you had to like beam it at you, um, <laughs> damn! Like as hard as yeah, they possibly could. I yeah. don't know if that's a like East Coast New York specific thing, but like yeah, that yeah. was like the funnest, most terrifying game ever. <laughs> yeah, because I, like, I remember like up. yeah, growing up like my I used to hang out with my brother's friends a lot. And they were older, a lot older than me, so it would be like grown ass fucking teens, and like <laughs> yeah. me and my uh, elementary school kid like friends just getting destroyed. But it was always really fun. Man. Yeah, and you're like sprinting towards the wall in like heavy ass Tims or some shit, like no fucking ankle support, and you're like, no matter what, like you were probably gonna get that butt, like that handball, the back yeah. of your head or like in your oh back, like God. right in the middle of your spine. Um, but yeah, uh, good, times. good times, man. Good times. Good times. Um, <laughs> All right, cool. Our next question was an audio submission from Danny, who write or who actually who says, "Hey guys, just want to say first of all that I hope you're both doing well. Um, it's obviously been a really shitty week, so I hope you're just taking care of yourselves, regardless. Um, but for my question this week, um, I'm curious about how you guys think of your role in contributing to like protests and the resistance." Uh, as people who are involved with media and entertainment. It's like, obviously, you know, you could march and donate, um, and those are great things to do and help protesters. But I'm wondering what you guys view your function or, like, responsibility as, specifically through the lens of being people with a platform and a voice to speak about media and culture and uh, entertainment and things like that. I hope that makes sense. Um, also, just want to give a quick shout out to the Discord, which is a really lovely community where, you know, we can have safe conversations and welcoming conversations about this kind of stuff. A lot of love. Take care, guys. Uh, great question. Danny, thank you for calling in. Um, Cam, I'm, I'm going to start off with you. Uh, what do you yeah. think? Um, thank you for, you know, uh, reaching out and saying, you know, we, I, I'm doing well. Um in the face of all the shit that's happening. It's been a rough week mentally, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I think, you know, my role uh, with a platform, and even if I didn't have a platform, is is and always will be to uh, not let up off of white supremacy and keep that the focus of what's going on, you know? Like, we can derail mm-hmm. into a billion different conversations about what's going on, um, but the root of all of it is white supremacy, right? And this is not um, uh, a black and white thing. It's, it's a, we all live in the system of white supremacy and we have to dismantle it piece by piece. Now, if you are not on that same page, then I would tell you uh, to, you know, separate from me 
um, mm-hmm. and go the opposite way. And I mean that in the most disrespectful way possible. Um, cause I don't have time for that and I don't have time to, um, kind of, you know, like just, I don't have the time to deal with people who act like they don't know what's going on. You know, like we, we don't have that, that, that luxury of, you know, taking our foot off, off the gas and you just got to keep it where the fight should be. Right. Like point at the people who should be pointed at. Um, mm-hmm. and I think people need to not take things, um, personally, right? Like, so in this instance, like, uh, white mutuals and, you know, acquaintances and stuff like that and, and friends, like, don't, you know, e- when speaking generally, it, it is easy to get hurt and, uh, have your feelings, um, cloud your, you know, what's going on. But it's just the same as like, you know, if a woman is telling you like, hey, men need to be held accountable, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, all men are not this. It's just you listen and you move accordingly. Right. It's like if it doesn't if it doesn't apply to you, you keep going. Right. Like you you keep fighting for that person and you you show them that that's not the case. Right. You you call out the bullshit. That's that's And that's it. Period. Right. Like you shouldn't. There shouldn't be any other discussions going on. Like, I'm not here to coddle anybody. I'm not here to, um, to, uh, you know, talk about white feelings, <laughs> to be quite honest, um, or anybody else's for that matter. But, uh, yeah, man, like, just, just stay focused. Like, that's, that's my goal. Like, just to stay mm-hmm. focused, especially on this stuff. Like, until uh, specifically black women are free, then we're, none of us are free. Like mm-hmm. any one of us, white, black, brown, any one of us, like let's, let's, we got to start from the bottom and then work our way up. All right. So that, that's my, my, my goal, you know, and I, I I'll put, I'll post like funny shit and, but I, I'll, you know, right now I'm just, I'm just not taking my foot off the gas, man. Like that's where I stand. I mean, I don't know if that's clear, but you know, no, yeah, yeah. it's crystal clear, yeah. crystal clear. Jeff, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I think we all have a, a responsibility, um, you know, being in media and entertainment, video games, and having a platform to talk about what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, my my biggest personal issue is the amount of silence that's been evident on social media, on mm. all of the other various platforms. There is a lot of upheaval going on around the country. It's hard to ignore it. You can't ignore it. We shouldn't ignore it. Um, and I think the fact that so many people are out there protesting, um, you know, in, in support of, of George Floyd and, and everyone else that has been killed by police, um, I think it speaks to the level of frustration that we all collectively have in terms of the black community, in terms of um, people of color. Um, it's it's gone to a, a boiling point, I think. And um, personally, I, I don't think that, you know, folks working in, in our industry should be taking a seat back and not talking about it, um, especially given the, the gaming community is not necessarily the best example of, um, you know, being the the shining light, right? There's there's a lot of things 
where, um, you know, inherent name calling, racism, sexism, um, whether it's with people who play games, whether it's people in the industry. Um, and so it's super important to, to just talk about everything that's going on. Um, again, like if, if you're staying silent to me, you're, you're being complicit. That's, that's just how I view it. Totally. Totally. Super, super, super important to, to know, communicate. Um, yeah, this is a, this is a fascinating question and and one that I I only echo uh, both of your sentiments um, up until now, but um, yeah, I agree, um, Cam, especially uh, in the fight that is against white supremacy, first and foremost, uh, a, a system that has, you know, time and time again, proven to us that it needs to change. And uh, Jeff, like you said, we've reached a boiling point. Things hopefully are at least beginning to become more aware and we can sort of start to enact some of that change. Um, and it's, it's a change and these are issues that um, people, especially um, black Americans and, and uh, you know, that, that they've been talking about for decades and generations at this point. And, um, you know, for those of us out there speaking about these kinds of issues and bringing light to these kinds of things, even if they're as small as like, you know, uh, hiccups in record, um, excuse me, representation. One story that I forgot to include in the news this week was the new Valorant character who looks an awful lot like Sombra and Loba. Yeah. Um, these are, these are issues that are all connected to one another. Right. And these are all things that are, that are, um, that are all related. They, they all are connected by this one major, uh, if you want to call it a virus, it's, it's the real virus. Mm-hmm. And um, we have been, I, at least I see my role in this to answer Danny's question as someone who is like, and also to, to echo what Jeff is saying to like, I refuse to be silent. Right. I refuse to mm-hmm. just stand by and watch it happen. And I refuse to just uh, be okay with it. I'm, I refuse to be okay with the toxicity, with the lack of representation, the way that there's this rampant, discrimination um you know obviously towards towards black people um but also towards you know um our friends in the lgbtqia community and like how all of our fight is connected but we should also be uplifting and supporting um the black community right now especially and we should be listening and like cam said we shouldn't be taking things personally we should also um i want to take time to remind um, specifically Latinx folks and folks like me who are white passing Latinx folks to, um, you know, challenge those spaces that you get a chance to get into because over the course of my career so far, I have been in situations with folks who kind of forgot what I was or they'd never cared to question and they've let things slip mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, like you're pretty fucking awful. <laughs> like, and that might be a virtue of, you know, your, your upbringing and where you're from and your lack of exposure and experience and, you know, straight up ignorance towards exposure um, to black people, to Latinx people, to, you know, Asian American folks, to everybody, just to, to more folks. Um, so one thing I've learned so far, especially in my role as how I see it moving forward, is I have loved that we are continuing to book people on the show um, that we love, that we support, that are actually vocal about these things, who just consider it at a very basic level, you know, are afraid to not address these things. Um, 
these these are the kinds of discussions that more people should be having and it's honestly it was the genesis of the show right it was the the reason why we started it the reason why me cam and roman shout out to roman started the show in the first place was because i was like yo i I can't find any shows that with folks who look and sound like us and that was also partially on me like there were shows that existed i just couldn't find them so i figured you know let me just let's just start a show let's like let's just do and see where it goes and here we are damn near five years later um and i'm extremely proud of what we've been able to accomplish and an and we, this is just the beginning, you know, we're, we're just getting started. But I think one of the roles I see myself in uh, having with this, all of this stuff going down, especially in, in relation to police brutality and, and all that other stuff is um, maintaining focus, um, finding the folks who are also having these things, connecting with them, building a network, um, amplifying their voices on our small, but, you know, um, I would, I would say, um, effective little pirate radio show um and just keeping uh keeping that network alive right boosting each other and as little as like retweeting but as big as actually donating um not only to their you know respective platforms but buying the things you want to see more of and you know when you know when we say hey can you hit us up with a review that actually does so much for us so like being able to do that for other shows and for other games and writers and stuff like whatever that equivalent is, I think is also extremely important. So I want to do that to like the 110th degree or 110% that I can. Um, And yeah, I would also say lastly, um, reminding folks that this fight is more than just the echo chamber that is Twitter. It's more than just, your Instagram feed. Mm-hmm. It's more than just the social media shit. It's about, like I said, right? Those workspaces that need changing. It's about your family lives that need changing. It's about challenging your racist uncle or grandmother or yeah. whoever. It's about also taking that fight at home within your own communities and remembering um, that this is bigger than just us. And I have also been really reflecting on how the things that I'm doing now and the, the, I want to look back on this in the future and know that I did the right thing for my nephews and niece, but also for my friends who I consider my brothers, um, for their kids, um, because we get a chance to see them on video calls with their families and their loved ones. And like, and I love them so much that the fight for me is, for my friends, but it's also for their kids. So I think it's keeping in mind that like the fight is also for the next wave. And that next wave could be as recent as like, you know, new upcoming writers that are just getting into the scene. It could also be kids who maybe find the show, who find my Twitch channel. So that's always something that I keep in mind. I try to like balance, you know, that responsibility and that, um, that, that mission, that overall mission of representation and getting more of us out there and, and not doing what is kind of has been done for so long, which is like climbing up the ladder and then bringing up the ladder with you. I'm way more interested in like, you know, keeping that ladder there, helping people up, bringing more of us up there and using that same ladder to, to continue making more ladders, you know? So, um, yeah, yeah, that's a long winded way of saying 
yes, the fight continues. We have to keep moving forward. But yeah, and then, uh, do you guys have any final thoughts? Just one more thing. Like when you're yeah, che- yeah. checking in on your friends, uh, specifically like black friends, like, and you don't know what to do, uh, do do more of the work on your end to figure out what to do, what you can do to help. Yeah. Like, don't put it on them because that is very stressful. Like, I've had tons of people reaching out to me, which I like. I I I, I respect and I. I thank everybody for looking out for me but it can become overwhelming um to just have to like you know tell people you're doing fine or you know it's just it's a lot it means a lot but it also like do some of the the groundwork on your end and you know there's, there's a lot of information out there so don't overburden your black friends uh with uh the the what should i do thing yeah yeah <laughs> just be uh be careful with that stuff for sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, do the work. Do the work on your end. Yeah. Don't put that sort of emotional, mental labor on your friends like that. Um, all right, cool. That was an excellent question. Danny, thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate it, as always. Um, all right, uh, jumping into feeling it this week. Feeling it is where we take one thing that we absolutely love from the past week or whatever yeah. uh, that we've stumbled across that we think is worth sharing. Jeff, since you are our guest, I will start with you. What the hell is this? I, I'm loving the new rumor track. Uh, oh. They they premiered it on uh, the last uh, Jesus and Mero. Um, oh, the the newest single is called "I'm Not Over You." Uh, and I like the, the beat sounded familiar and then I did a little bit of internet digging and I found out that it was produced by Timbaland. So that's a, it's a formula for an earworm that I cannot resist. So I've been, (laughs) I've been playing that on, on repeat, um, every now and again during the work week. Nice. Yeah. Very, very cool. Wait, so, um, what kind of song is it? Like, I'm not really familiar with rumor. It's, it's like a country EDM trapish hybrid oh that's fine yeah yeah (laughs) that's it's like i can't really me talking about it doesn't do it justice (laughs) okay and if you you, just listen to exactly and like you know that timbaland did the production on this uh you know it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be good yep yeah it's gonna be a smanger um (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna check this out for sure later um i'll I'll jump into mine real quick um because i think we might have even talked about it before at least maybe this season i know we talked about it before on the show for sure but um i'm finally caught up on insecure and i was very mad because uh we were ready to jump into the next episode and there was like nothing there and me and my partner were like furious like fuck we we blew it um but (laughs) insecure for those who don't know is a show on hbo we talked about it before i'm sure but it sort of uh follows the lives of a group of young folks out in l.a who are just like trying to make it and also trying to like, you know, discover themselves and their roles and each other's relationships and how messy friendships can get and mm-hmm. one day and then how beautiful they can be the next, which is a sort of like accurate representation of how most friendships are in yep. my experience. Um, so it is, this season in particular has been going places that I wasn't, um, I wasn't like anticipating, like the really cool uh, creative, like, directorial choices and um even from like the writing perspective like the way they're playing with uh specific things you're expecting to happen and bringing certain characters back and you know having those relationships and and understandings of those characters 
histories with the main characters and seeing them come back it's, it's just like it's kind of blowing my mind right now actually and um it's some of the coolest and sometimes it's like kind of goofy in my opinion like there are some times where i'm just like oh that's weird yeah that's, that's kind of weird yeah. whatever um but if you can overlook those things um there's some really cool shit in this show and there's some really i mean there's phenomenal music it's it looks beautiful everyone on the show is like hot as fuck and it's like <laughs> unfair because it's like how the hell like and then i like then i <laughs> then i get up after like a, a, a bout of ring fit and i'm like oh god they would never cast me on insecurity <laughs> as an extra um but yeah it's so good i love it, that show insecure, um i would say check it out insecure makes me so insecure because <laughs> all, all of their sex scenes is like all hard fucking and i'm like y'all just do that every time <laughs> like y'all gonna, you never just lay I on know. your side and have sex. That's cool. He just go, uh, <laughs> just go full, full speed. Cool. Yeah, full speed ahead. All right, right <laughs> now. You feel like trash. Um, no, but this season is interesting. Um, yeah. Got to do more ring fit, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my feeling of this week. Yeah, Cam, my, what you got? My feeling is another TV show. I kind of threw this in there last minute because I really haven't been doing anything this week besides work. But uh, yeah, Flash uh, season, whatever the newest season. Just dropped on Netflix, and I love those CW superhero shows. Like, it's one of my—I don't have guilty pleasures because I own everything that I like. Um, yeah. So, like, I love those beautiful CW shows where everybody's skin is perfect and everybody <laughs> stands up straight. It's, it's great. Like, <laughs> they're all like in the like they're all exactly twenty six years old. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how that like Frozen even like the dad is like you're twenty six years old. <laughs> how is that possible? Um, but it's a, it's a, it's one of those silly fun. You don't have to like pay attention to shows like, you know, monster of the week shit. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. Um, nice. Yeah. Watch more CW superhero shows. Yeah. I mean, if you want, no, do it. Paul. It's good. (laughs) It's good. You know, at this point I've talked enough shit about like all the horrible things that I like that, you know what? Why not? Why not? Let me throw in a CW show. Yeah, they're, doing fun, they're doing some yeah. fun shit on that on those shows. Maybe, maybe I'll have a tasty treat. They have, they have a character in um in Flash who was like the antagonist in the first season, right? He comes back mm-hmm. every season as an alternate version of himself, and he's the best thing on the show. It's really <laughs> good because he gets to be like a a version of himself from like an alternate universe. So like uh, one season he's just a French dude. The next season, he's like Sherlock Holmes. The next one, he's what? he's like a yeah. It's it's really good. It's a good character. Okay, yeah, all right, it's fun. You know what? You might have sold me on this. <laughs> you might have sold me on this. Um, all right, cool, man. Uh, before we wrap up the show, uh, Jeff, I want to thank you so much for yeah, taking man. the time to be with us on the show. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, uh, how can the folks keep up with you online? Uh, on Twitter, J underscore Legs L E G S. Um, that's that's where I'm mainly at. Uh, tweeting about video games, dumb shit, <laughs> professional shit. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Shout out to the king. And uh, and where can folks keep up with the uh, Annapurna Interactive? Uh, yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter a underscore i. Pretty simple. Um, we're on Instagram Annapurna Interactive. Uh, same thing on Facebook and on Twitch. Um, and we're publishing games across all platforms. So if you got a phone, if you got a console, if you got a PC or a MacBook, we got something for you. Heck yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, only only fire flames from Annapurna. Bangers only. Right <laughs> Bangers only. Um, 
super super dope kim how can people keep up with you yeah i just want to say like jeff one day we got to do this in person maybe 2023 yeah. you know like yeah we'll make that <laughs> for out sure to get out there and uh do a live show or something like that but uh Hell yeah. yeah you can catch me um on twitter at cappy can't lose uh and on instagram cappy can't lose i've been posting a lot about what's going on right now my feelings and i'm like not holding back uh anything um so yeah catch me on that Word. Word. Hey, where you at? Please go do that. Um, I'm at Pauli Mayo, P-O-L-I, M as in Mario, A-Y-O. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch as well. So uh, if you want to keep up with the streams, please uh, shoot me a follow. It's been pretty cool to see that slowly grow over time. It's something that's just like a little tiny, tiny, tiny passion project. But also, yeah, you want to see uh, my my actual unfiltered takes on Twitter, especially, go go follow us. We're, uh, you know, we're out here. Um but yeah, thank you so much for listening this week. If you have any questions or comments, please send them over to questions at the-optional.com. We would love to hear from you. You can also send us questions and talk to us um, in our amazing Discord. We have a wonderful community in there. Shout out to the Discord. Um, you can find the link to the Discord uh, over at theoptionalpodcast.com. And while you're there, please sign up for the weekly newsletter that our very own Chase Carter works extremely hard on um, to providing you with links to everything that we talk about and, you know, social handles for our guests. So if you want to follow Jeff, it'll be in the newsletter, all that good stuff. It's all in there. Please go sign up. Check it out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, and whatever podcast catchers are out there. You could take a minute, though, to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. There should be a link in the show notes and also in the newsletter. So please help us out. Help us out. Just do, you know, that little bit goes a long way. And if you like the show, want to help the show, uh, you know, keep the lights on, please check out our profile on Anchor at anchor.fm slash the optional podcast, um, where you can hit a little supporter button. Give us as low as a dollar a month if you can. I know it's a lot to ask right now, but... Super special thanks to our supporters, Mark, Charlie, Suhai, Bree, John Michael, Murray, and Jesse, and Billy for helping us keep the lights on. We love you. Um, we love y'all. As always, we're on uh, Twitter at the optional NYC. Uh, and our show's music is by the one and only Levi Pack. You can find him on Twitter at underscore L-E-V-I-P-A-C-K. So until next time, everyone, peace. Bye.